This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. This is Brian Wayne, the official voice of NSC Live TV, coming to you from the Cheers to Comics studio, aka Studio Cerebro, to tell you all about Hooked On Comics Super Sales. For high-grade goodies and a whole lot of laughs, make your way over to the next show with John, Mary, and the rest of the gang. Walk the enormous wall of slabs, then go through the bin room, followed by an auction. Check out John's hat too, man. Never the same hat twice. Join them for new comics on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on NSCLiveTV.com, channel 12. That's NSCLiveTV.com, your home for the best in auction action. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly here to tell you about Sergeant and the Commander Auctions. Brought to you by NSCLiveTV.com. Join Raul and Donna for a great night of comics, games, prizes, and more. Raul is a USAF veteran and has been in love with comics since he was six years old. This comic book powerhouse duo have been together for more than 20 years and enjoy the love of all the superheroes we grew up with. The $3 Donna Pull winner wins a free slabbed comic. That's, <laughs> did you hear that? The $3 Donna Pull winner wins a free slabbed comic. That's crazy. $3 can get you a slabbed comic. Uh, so yeah, make sure you join Sergeant and the Commander Auctions Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time on NSCLiveTV.com channel 15. And when you get to NSCLiveTV.com, click on the NSC Now tab and stay updated on all of the times and shows and all of that good stuff. So, once again, tune in to Sergeant and the Commander Auctions, Fridays, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time, Channel 15, through NSCLiveTV.com, your home for the best in auction action. Well, hello again, slurds. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 65. This week, I will be going over the books that were released on the 29th of January 2020, as well as talking about other things relevant to the world of comic books. So, full disclosure, this is a spoilery podcast. It's overviews, not reviews. Try to keep the uh, the opinions out of it. And I want to tell you about the story. What's going on in the story. So yes, there are spoilers involved in this here podcast. 
but alas, I do provide timestamps for those of you that aren't ready to be spoiled. Maybe your expiration date has not reached its uh, date. Yeah, there you go. Nailed it. So, uh, and beyond all of that, I, I, I cuss. I cuss, plain and simple. So, if you are offended by four-letter words, yikes, um, buckle up. <laughs> I, I have a hard time containing this this excitement. So let's uh, let's let's talk comic books, huh? Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with a little bit of speculation news. Some of the books that I picked up last week may may gain some steam here in the future. Now uh, this is a newer segment, so whether you've been listening to this podcast for a while and maybe just list, missed the last few episodes. Uh, or you're brand new. This the speculation lottery segment, as I have now dubbed it. It is essentially, I mean, it is all about speculation. I'm making no promises, but these are books that do have uh, potential as far as maybe gaining some financial steam in the future based off of first appearances or whatever the occasion might be. So I've got a few lottery numbers here, the first one being Avengers number 30. Um, and the the last issue in 29, I know I kind of brought it up, but it wasn't. Um, it was it was a different star brand, so now we're gonna have a different star brand in number 30. But you know there is a relation. Uh, I'll get into that as the overviews continue on. But with that being said, depending on how much uh, or how important this this new star brand character is, is really you know. A, that's that's going to be the deciding factor in the future value of this book. But it's being that it's Jason Aaron writing this story, Marvel's gonna let it stick, I'm sure. So this is this is an important book to have. I, I would I would bet that you would want maybe even two copies of this book. Just saying. Uh, Weapon Plus number one. Uh, this is a book that I did actually pick up two copies of. Um, Manslaughter first appearance. Uh, if, if that is indeed manslaughter on the cover, spoilers, I didn't get to read the book yet. It was a thick stack. You'll, you'll come to find that out. Uh, but, uh, if that is manslaughter on the front cover, then sign me the fuck up. That, that's dope. And there's a, also the origin of the Weapon 4 program as well. It's happening all up in there. So, minor key, uh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, any first appearance really is at least a minor key. So, there you go. Uh, also, in the Turtles universe, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 102 came out this week, and um, really without giving anything away, there's some very odd creatures that, I mean, just based off the weight of their appearance, kind of makes one believe that whatever these mutant creatures may be are probably going to be important in the future of Turtles stories. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, those are the three that I got. I guess I just kind of rolling the dice. You never know. But I, know, I don't think any of them have heated up at all on eBay or anything like that at this point. So, yep. just a thought, though. Uh, <laughs> you never know. It's, you can make a buck. You can make a buck in this industry. It has been proven. Let's talk news. Only a little bit of news. Just a wee bit. Admittedly, I don't. I didn't go digging too hard, but um, it was brought to my attention by 
uh, well, a friend of the show, Ken M. from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, he hit me up and he was like, dude, check this out. Dark Knight's Metal Deuce, number two? And I said, yes, yes. I have heard rumors, but you, sir, have confirmed this as a reality. I thank you. I will be talking about this on the podcast. And here I am. Uh, I, you know, I don't know anything about it. Uh, any, I found a news article. I think it was, uh, was it Newsarama? And they didn't know shit either. They just said, yeah, no, this is the thing. But we don't know anything. There was a picture of Wonder Woman on there. So some new, some new Capullo art. And it is, in fact, of course, uh, Snyder and Capullo. So... Boyaka, yeah. So <laughs> that uh, that that does that does it for the news. Like I said, there might have been more, but I don't know. It's it's it seems to be a lot of pushbacks when I it is that kind of stuff. You know, you can find some gems though. You can find some gems. Um, you know, and the other thing I gotta take into consideration is. Uh, it's just me here. I don't have any panel to batch, but you know, bounce shit off of. So I gotta pick and choose what my topics are carefully, cause I don't, I don't want to come off like, like an idiot. Oh boy, Brian, you're sleepless again, aren't ya? Uh, let's talk overviews. There, I got a, I got a big stack of books here to talk about, but uh, at the same time, a lot of these, these overviews are really gonna run quick. I would imagine. I don't know. We'll see. As I get talking about them, we'll find out. But we're going to start out with some indies. Quantum and Woody, number one, from Valiant Comics. You know I love me some Valiants. Christopher Hastings, Ryan Brown, and Ruth Redman on the creative team here. And David Nakayama doing that badass cover A. There were, I believe, four covers, four or five covers uh, on this book to choose from, and this is just a little four-parter, but you know, I think right off the bat, I have to say that Quantum and Woody, to me, um, somebody that, admittedly, I've never read Quantum and Woody, but I get a, a booster and gold, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, booster and gold, <laughs> a blue and gold type of, type of vibe coming from this, this team and you know, I, I can't get enough, uh, you know, booster and beetle. That's for damn sure. So there was that. That that definitely had me excited. Uh, the other thing that, as I continued on, you know, I was I was kind of worried that fuck maybe there's just gonna be a whole lot of lore in here that maybe you have to just be a a true quantum and woody reader to understand this book. That is not the case at all. I I believe that Hastings does a great job just right off the bat. Or not right off the bat, throughout subtly throughout the the story, just filling you in on what is vital to know at this moment. And we've got four issues for him to to clue you on, clue you in on, and whatever else he may f- deem necessary. So right off the bat, my first initial reaction was badass. Bam. Now what happens in this book, Brian? Right? Remember how you said this is overviews, not reviews. Um, I just gotta say, if if you were skeptical, like, or not about the story being good, but whether or not you'd be able to understand it, uh, take it from me. It's, oh yeah, do this. So, it follows Eric and Woody Henderson. They're brothers, kinda, and uh, yeah, they can go by Quantum and Woody. They are fugitive superheroes at the moment, so at this point in time, you kinda you know, immediately get the idea that, yeah, you know, these guys 
whatever they did in their previous story has them on the run and not so liked right now. And they know this because they're they're observing the the TV and it's the news lady telling them all this as old Eric is doing one-arm push-ups with his goat holding another 15-pound weight in its mouth. Um, this goat, uh, they just barely touch on this goat, but once again, I'm sure that it, there was this comes from another storyline, and if you did read it, you would know more about it, but at the same time, uh, like I said, they they really go on to say <laughs> about how they're definitely going to talk about this fucking goat, and it's it's not just any goat, it's, it's, it's magic uh, of some sort, I don't know, that's, that's the idea I got. Um, there is some fucking wild shit going on here. What are Quantum and Woody's powers? Eh, it's, it's hard to, to really tell for sure. Just know that it involves really energy manipulation, and that in itself is, I mean, it could mean a lot of different things. Just know that it's scary, and that's one of the reasons why the, the government is out for these types of heroes. Um, uh, the other thing that they kind of show is these bracelets that these two wear. Each one has their own bracelet, and they have to touch every 24 hours. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what happens. I don't know if gremlins start popping out of their back or what. Uh, maybe they just die. But they, that, that's, that's definitely a way into which they're, they're, they're going to be bonded, <laughs> um, yeah, to some extent. Uh, so, what, what's the, the, the premise here? Well, the, uh, Woody, he has this weird moment where he starts freaking out, and his body gets all energetic, and, uh, Eric's looking up like, what the fuck, man, and Woody, he comes out of it, and he's, he's, like, spouting off all this weird shit, and they don't really understand what it is, but he puts clues together, and, you know, really, the one thing they can determine is that Woody has a new superpower, and he, superpower, and he's some sort of prophecy, um, and that, that's really as far as they go with that, as far as what they know about what the fuck just happened, because everything that just happened is a brand new thing. Um, so they follow the clues, uh, these clues that throughout the weird mumbo jumbo shit that he spat out, takes them through the sewage system and into a government building. This government building just so happens to be the Capitol building, and it ain't the graveyard shift. Uh, there is a big meeting of sorts. I don't know what you call a government meeting, a hearing, uh, something. Uh, what's going on with the Senate? And they really they're trying to pass this. Uh, um, this bill, shit, what's this bill called? Ah, fuck. God damn it. Well, it's this bill that essentially just fucks everything up for anybody that could, uh, possibly be superpowered or really a threat for that matter. And, uh, well, as Eric and Woody are there, they are in, in, the, in the room, in disguise, mind you, and separated so that they don't, you know, sh yeah, uh, give themselves away, and they they both realize that this is probably the worst possible place for they could be, but at the same time, uh, they're just Woody firmly believes that look, let's just go with this flow. I don't I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but something tells me we we we're supposed to be here. We'll right on cue. Ceiling opens up. Crazy shithead family of four. I'm talking mom, dad, little boy, little girl known as the Kimmer Jaeger, Kimmer Jaeger family, probably saying it wrong, but they're, they're, uh, you know, playing hooky from school and work that day, and they decide they're just gonna fuck up some government shit, 
Well, while they're there, Quantum and Woody, they have a decision to make, and that is, do we reveal ourselves and save the Senate that is really here to make sure that we don't exist anymore, or do we just sit back and let the, this this really shitty family that's, um, they're not there just throwing fucking teddy bears, I'd put it that much, they've got crazy weaponry, they're slicing heads off and shit slicing heads off none of the members of the senate die but a bunch of other people that are in the room get their fucking heads cut off and stabbed and whatnot and well that is enough for quantum and woody to you know really do their thing and show themselves and start you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna take down the the old camera jaeger family and they get into a little scuffle there it's more of a it's more of a huge ass scuffle and the the jaeger family the camera jaeger family they do retreat uh, not really in defeat, but just, you know, like, alright, we didn't get the fuck out of here. We weren't, ex uh, yeah, peace. We, we fucked some shit up. We made our point. Uh, we got school in the morning. Uh, <laughs> um, and at this point, you know, it's, uh, they're, they're, Quantum and Woody, they're, they're really hoping that the legislation maybe changes their mind on their outlook on how they are perceived and maybe not so fugitive-y from here on. We'll see. I don't know. It was a hell of a first issue, though. I went on like a son of a bitch, that's for damn sure. Next up from IDW, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 102, Kevin Eastman, Tom Waltz, Sophie Campbell, and Rhonda Patterson, covered by Sophie Campbell. Um, this real... Uh, what we have going on here is, is in the, the last issue, we, we were met with some mute animals and giant fucking porcupine looking motherfuckers getting ready to take down Mona Lisa and Jenica. Well, we're picking up right there and now uh, Commander Sally, is, you know, she's, I guess she's the commander, so uh, really high up in the leads of the the, the mute animals, if you will. Um, uh, she's uh, really below Hob is the only other uh person as far as what I gather from this. Keep in mind, I have not read anything up until 101. 101 was my breaking into this ongoing series, so I'm sure there's some stuff I've missed, but just from what I gather here, Hobbs the guy in charge, Sally is the, the next up, she's the one that tells the meat animals to stand down. She's kind of talking with Raph in the distance, so Raph is in the picture here as well. And, yeah, you, you get that. Uh, meanwhile, Donnie, we get a quick moment where he takes off out of the house, leaves Mikey behind with his little little kitty cat. And uh, the end, we see this, th th we meet this Hob character. I'm not, I mean, I don't know if it's meat, but we see this Hob character. He's attempting to purchase these mutant weapons, and there's some, some fuckery afoot, I believe, with uh, Sally, the commander. I'm not sure. I don't, I think there's... Someone in this team mutinies or something. I, I don't totally understand, to be honest, but I'm sure when I get to 103, it'll all make more sense. But really, the thing they get out of here is these mutant weapons uh, aren't weapons against mutants. They are, in fact, mutants that are weapons. And they're these little three rodent weasel type of characters. Uh, and they look more like animals, but they're talking. So, I'm not sure. I'm sure something's going to become of them for show. And like I said, I talked about it in the speculation lottery. I actually picked up two of this issue. <clears throat> just because. So, uh, I wouldn't say just because. Because I have faith in what what an Eastman story can bring about. Hey, remember Jenica? Alright, um, from Boom Studios, Go Go Power Rangers number 28. 
Ryan Parat, Eduardo Francisco, and Raul Angulo. Covered by Eleonora Carlini. Car- yeah, Carlini, sorry. Um, <laughs> this is a fucked up issue. Uh, at first, you don't really, you don't, you, you not wasn't totally comprehending what was going on, and then in the end, oh man. So what's going on here is Rita and the rest of her crew, they're all in their own individual prisons, or rehabs, as Zordon puts it. They're all experiencing their own whatever. You know, we get a couple pages of Finster, what he's doing. Uh, he's essentially, he's found his love, and he's just creating monsters and shit. That's, that's the way that he's rehabbing. Uh, Babu, he's king of the other Babu-like people uh, in his little rehab mental prison. Um, Goldar's doing his thing, obviously, but Rita is the one we're following here. And uh, <laughs> what, what, what it, Rita, she gets transferred into this, this little girl's body, and she lives out this full life. And at first, as she's transferred, it's, you know, she doesn't really know what's... Uh, um, both of her conscience between the little girl and her as Rita Repulsa are kind of mixed, and then as uh, time goes by, it's just a, it's just a kid, lives a full life, dies, and then guess what? Rita is transferred again into another body. So she keeps have to, having to experience pain over and over, but th- it's not like these, these people live out their entire lives as they should they all uh, they they all die in a mm, dramatic way and that would be by the death of rita repulsa so the pattern here is zordon has sentenced rita repulsa to live out the lives and die the way that every single one of her victims has ever lived and how many is that so um not to uh, glorify murder, but Rita Repulsa is a fucking G at 4,239,172 kills. Uh, how long would that take to complete with all of the simulations based off of, you know, time condensing and, uh, what, you know, the, the amount of time they experience compared to, you know, above, uh, in fact, 26,234 cycles. That's, yeah. That's it. And when you think about it, even at like a fast-forwarded pace, four, over four million, four and a quarter million lives that can only be replayed in 26,000 cycles or years or whatever, uh, it's, that's some short living. Some short living. Uh, this, this was a gnarly story, man. It was, like I said, at first I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, why am I reading this? I don't, I don't get it. And then, bam. Mike drop Ryan Parat. Oh fuck! So goddamn good. So goddamn good. Let's move on to Image Comics. Image Comics. We got Farmhand. Farmhand number thirteen. Rob Guillory. Uh, colors by Jeremy Treese. This issue. Uh, covered by Guillory and Taylor Wells. So oh, man, this this story is just cracking fucking wide open. Zeke and Andy, they're visiting uh, the former assistant of Monica way back in the day, back when Monica was still working with old uh, Jed. And this this assistant's name is Walter Sparrow. And we do get a quick flashback. Uh, I guess I don't really need to go through each individual flashback. I'll get to the... I'll lump all those up in a second. But uh, as, as Zeke and Andy are talking to Walter, they're they're trying to get the they're trying to get the lowdown on what happened, and Walter's not very you know, receptive and willing to, to talk. He's very secretive. Um, but in the long run, he does 
he 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 does end up yeah because uh, <laughs> what's going on here is in within freetown we get more of these transplants running in and they're they're becoming more and more dangerous uh the the one that we're following in this particular one is this kid so there's a sense of compassion from the town yeah he's being a little fucking cuckold but uh, at the same time he's a kid and uh, despite his aggression it's yeah they uh, the, the town comes together and they uh, they they subdue the kid but i don't know it's oh man it's uh, Guillory does such a great job telling the story he packs so much into this and i uh, he i he did go on to say that with as strenuous as this issue was on him he's going to start taking more breaks in between uh, story arcs so that he can make sure that you know is he, he, he granted he didn't really miss any deadlines i don't think he says he did i don't think he did but uh, maybe it was just too close for his call. I don't know. The dude's got fucking standards. That's for sure. Got to respect that. But um, I could understand why this issue would be so strenuous on him. Because they're... God, it just lays down so much. Um, uh, really, I guess what it, I can just get to the... Let me... All right, yeah. Let me just get to the, the, the bulk of all of this. And that's explaining uh, Monica and why she is the way she is and her relationship with Jed. So as they're they're testing on this this seed as it's going through, uh, they're they're testing it on brain tissue and the, the the test is a success. But Jedediah he's not he's not having it at all. Well, uh, the the reason <laughs> why this this is a big deal is because Monica is actually sick with this 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 brain disease and this particular cure seems to be the perfect type of thing but Jed he doesn't he does just doesn't trust it well despite all that Monica goes behind his back and that's essentially what leads to the separation of the two and yeah yeah we get a whole that whole scene oh man like I said these indie comics I don't I don't want to completely spoil because for one a book like this uh, I don't I don't think you can completely spoil it because it's just so Fuck, it, visually, it's hard-hitting as well. It is... God, man, if you're not reading Farmhand, you gotta you gotta do this. Farmhand 13. Uh, <laughs> Shall we continue on to DC? Yep. Yep, talking to no one. <laughs> yep, Ryan's still tired. A uh, couple of DC books. Wait, hold on. One, yep, two. Two DC books this week. <laughs> Both of which are biggins. Start with Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, number one, I loved. Number two, <laughs> still loving it. Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo, and Adriano Lucas. Covered by Bruno Redondo. Alright, we're getting filled in here. Uh, 50 missions equals freedom. That's that's the deal. The This new squad here, they, they do 50 missions for America, and they, they, they get their freedom. They get their little brain explosive thingy bye-bye from their oh god yeah they don't have to worry about dying anymore that's what's going on there or at least on account of the government uh <laughs> so mission number one uh and as you know this this squad is it's fresh it's fresh there's some there's some uh well on account of they were just fighting each other or parts of the yeah <laughs> Uh, even killing each other. 
there's some tension between the two, and the main one being Shark and Finn. Shark killed Finn's brother, and yeah, now they're forced to kind of, they're, they're forced <laughs> to really work together. They're like chain-ganged up in a way. Well, it also doesn't hurt that they have the same abilities at the same time on account of their swimmers. So, first mission. We gotta take out President Baranasia. Uh, and now the situation here is, uh, he lost the election, mainly because the Suicide Squad rigged the election and they placed their own, uh, well-favored candidate in there, uh, their own shill. And granted, yeah, they won, but this, this old president, he ain't stepping down. So it's up to, uh, it's, it's, it's up to the, the squads here to, to go and fuck shit up. Now... We split up into two teams here. The first team being Thistling, Deadly Six, Chaos Kitten, uh, was it Joy? And Harley. So, yeah, their, their mission is to get to the capital, and they, they gotta take out President Baranisia. But they don't get to do that in this issue. Uh, we're going to follow Team B for the rest of the issue, and Team B is Osita, Eri, Deadshot, and Wink. And their mission is to free the president that they elected. And when they get there, uh, well, actually, they don't get there easily. While they're on their way, their plane is shot down. But, yeah, they, they, they get there, huh? <laughs> and Wink ends up being the one rescuing presidents. <laughs> Uh, Wink is the, the night crawler of this crew, if you will, on account of seems to be the teleporter. Gets the president all safe and sound. So as the, you know, the, the, this new leader of the, I can't remember the commander's name. He's not, his name, he's not mentioned by name in this book either. But, uh, and I don't think he is in the first one. Maybe he is, I don't know. But the fact is, the guy that's calling the shots, he, he says, hey, did you guys accomplish your shit? And just before Deadshot could say, sir, yes, sir, Osita blows the brains out of the back of the president's um, face. Uh, well, through, through his face, uh, yeah, uh, from the back. That's, that's how that happened. And, yeah, you just see fucking uh, Deadshot looking on in absolute horror as Osita's kind of giving him the shh, don't tell no one type of, <laughs> type of look, all cutesy and whatnot. Uh, Osita's going to die for sure in the next issue, so hope you weren't, hope you weren't too, too keen on, on that character, because, uh, <laughs> Fucking Suicide Squad, man. I, I love the way Tom Taylor kills. He hasn't even killed it. I just know that it's definitely going to die. Definitely. Definitely going to die. Um, Justice League. Justice League number 39. This is the end of Snyder's run. We've got Scott Snyder, Jorge Jimenez, Daniel Sampierre, Juan Albaron, and Alejandro Sanchez. Covered by Tyler Kirkham. Alright, uh, essentially what's going on is in this issue is everything is fucked. Everything is completely fucked. We get a moment of, hey, Martian Manhunter's back for a second, and, you know, Apex Flux isn't really a thing at the moment. So now Martian Manhunter, he's out to psychically try to reach out to the whole world and 
you know, kind of convince them that maybe, hey, maybe not sway towards the way of doom, and maybe, you know, kind of have a justice type of mind, and it seems to be going their way, but, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and even Perpetua, she, she, she kind of plays into it, but in the long run, she knows that she's going to get the vote. And, uh, you know, uh, what it comes down to is the Justice League, they look down on Earth in defeat, and they've got these new fancy suits, and the quintessence shows up, and they're looking down, and, you know, they say, hey, check out this door, yo. And through this door contains every story ever possibly told, and through that is their way to possibly go back and have a chance at defeating Perpetua. Um, alright. Uh, no, this could be a lot of fun. Or it could be a complete etch-a-sketch of 39 issues that just, or Justin, uh, Scott Snyder wrote. We shall see. Uh, this almost seems like too easy of an out. But, um, well, I mean, at the same time, if, uh, if you're looking at it optimistically, we get to see the Justice League go back, and can we get a six-issue arc of them just going through and just, hey, remember that story? <laughs> and, you know, just playing some old shit through, I don't know, that could be a lot of fucking fun, too. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people will flip tables over that, but who knows? I don't know. This door is definitely going to mean something. Uh, it's given them a chance at defeat and perpetua. I am, I, I don't know, there's definitely some things that I'm confused on leaving this. I mean, is Earth completely fucked and it's just the six or seven of them up there with really no emotion besides them going, uh, well, we, we gotta, we fucked up, we gotta fix this. All those guys are dead for sure. Um, Perpetua's gonna eat them. Or whatever she plans on doing. <laughs> Unleashing an army and or army eating. I don't know. I don't know if eating's involved at all. Uh, but dying is, I would imagine, there's gonna be some dying. So... Uh, just, I mean, that was, it's been a run, man. It's been a good run. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say it. The Skyder, Skyder, that's the, yep, there's the, the millennial short version. Jesus Christ, god damn it. Oh, I'm a mess right now. Spilling water. Notes. Jesus. Um, Avengers. Talking Marvel now. We've got some Marvel books. Fuck, was there some Marvel books this week? Uh, Avengers of the Wastelands, number one. This story springs from the pages of Ethan Sachs' Wasteland stories, uh, particularly Old Man Quill. Uh, there's some some characters that were introduced and mighty important. Uh, was it Old Man Quill? Old Man Hawkeye? Uh, oh, fuck. One of them. Uh, De oh, Dead Man Logan for sure. That's what it was. Dead Man Logan. My bad. Ed Brisson's Dead Man Logan. Ha! Huh. I'm all over the place. But here we are in the wastelands. And, uh, well, writing this is, in fact, Ed Brisson. So, uh, <laughs> it's a Doom book, man. Just get ready for the Doom, uh, uh, Dr. Doom, uh, who still doesn't like any version of Avengers at all. Haha. <laughs> And this version of Avengers, if you didn't read Old Man Logan, it is Danny Cage, which is Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's spawn. Uh, she is now 
Worthy and holding Mjolnir. Uh, we've got Bruce Jr., Banner Jr. He's, well, Hulk. And we've got a Dwight, also known as the Ant-Man. Now, uh, Ant-Man and Doom, they have a little uh, confrontation. Leads Ant-Man to go get Danny and Bruce and say, Hey, there's not many of us left. we got to fight Doom. And they say, Nah, dog, we're just trying to... We're just trying to chill and barbecue and shit. And, uh, well, then Dr. Doom shows up. <laughs> and then they fight. And then, of course, uh, when Dr. Doom is beheaded, it's clearly a Doombot because that's just, I mean, that's just to be expected now. Anybody that believes that Dr. Doom is going to show up first try is uh, a little silly. So, yeah. Um, but keep in mind, this is all two years after uh, the the events of Dead Man Logan and his departure. So some time has gone by, for sure. Um, well, as uh, they're, they're all congregating, saying, okay, you know, long story short, they realize we do got to come together. We got to fight Doom. He's going to fuck shit up. We probably aren't enough to do it, though. A Captain America shows up. Uh, I'm pretty sure Captain America's dead. I don't think this is Steve Rogers. I'm, uh, I'm fairly certain this is not Steve Rogers. So, uh, this, I don't know, man. This could come back to be a key issue in some way. Uh, we'll find out. I'll let you know. I'll definitely let you know. But overall, I gotta say, I think this is gonna be a five or six parter. Um, I'm into it. I'm curious. I've, I dig Wasteland stories. I think... From uh, between Ethan Sachs and Ed Brisson right now, or Ed Brisson, I'm I'm fully on board. Uh, yeah, Hawkeye Freefall, <laughs> gotta love this. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg, man, this this dude's just a fucking beast. Otto Schmidt, come on, uh, Ken Jacinto and Tamara Bonvillain doing the badass cover. So what's going on here is uh, really everybody's just trying to ex. Expose Ronan, or expose Clint as Ronan, and from you know it seems like all the alibis are matching up. We've got Clint at fundraisers and all of this stuff. I mean, Spider-Man gets involved uh, as you know. Spider-Man confronts Ronan. There's Ronan's fucking up. He's robbing a, a drug deal, <laughs> and you know to kind of give to the poor type of thing. And yeah, so we get a little pew 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 between Spidey and Ronan. So a whole lot of fun there. And then, uh, I mean, uh, as we get this moment where the human bomb shows up. <laughs> and Clint just so happens to be there. And uh, at the same time, Luke Cage is there. And Luke Cage has just taken all of this fire from the human bomb. And the human bomb isn't a bomb as much as it is this big, giant, uh, really terrible-looking, almost Mark One Iron Man suit type of thing that just has a bomb on it. I mean, the, uh, the logo of a bomb on his chest. He doesn't explode. He does have some firepower as far as weaponry goes and guns. But, yeah, he's, I don't know. <laughs> human bomb, gotta love it. Well, uh, yeah, they're fucking shit up outside of... Old Clint's favorite taco shop, and um, you know, Cage. He he kind of he steps in, shows up Clint, and makes him look bad. <laughs> uh, and even here, we're still getting a little bit of clap back from Cage about you know 
pretty much being Ronan, and nope, not me, dog. It's not me. Well, Ronan is now at a uh, uh, a safe house from the Hood. The Hood is is really just going to be the main the main villain, seemingly, of this this story arc here. Hopefully, it goes more than six issues, but it's slated for six and. Yeah, the hoods, the hoods are bad guys. So as Ronan's in there sloop, snooping around, he comes across this uh, this tech guy. He goes into the room to go get some information. Tech guy's in there working, and the tech guy he just he tells Ronan, "Oh, dude, you're you're not gonna hurt me." And Ronan says, "Dude, I'm fucking see all this blood on my sword." It's like, "Nah, you're not gonna hurt me because you know I'm a good guy, and uh, you're you're not the Ronan that people believe you are. You're 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 Clint. You're Hawkeye." like no I'm not and he's like nah dude check it out look at all of this you know he shows him all this footage of back-to-back fighting and shit like that and you know Ronan could have been like oh no I'm Taskmaster but instead he's like oh yeah no you're right you caught me guy that is uh definitely a nobody in the Marvel Universe on account I uh I wouldn't even come out to old Luke Cage or Spider-Man <laughs> But, you know, it's a, I, I fucking love a comic book, man. And you know who else loves comic books? It's Matthew Rosenberg. And he understands fans like he and I. So, yeah. Uh, second issue, Hawkeye has been, or Ronan's exposed as Clint. Uh, mm, <laughs> good shit, man. Good shit. Let's keep it going. We've got Thor. Thor number two. Donnie Cates, Nick Klein, Matt Wilson. Oliver Copiel and Laura Martin did the cover. Alright, so Thor is now the Herald of Thunder via Galactus. They're off to devour some planets. There's five super-powered planets that Silver Surfer has kind of hidden. So the first one uh, we're going to follow, we're going to go to and try to snack on is Clips. Planet Clips. They get to Clips and immediately realizes that there's some motherfuckers living on here and Thor is not having it. Thor says, Galactus, you are not eating this planet. Surely four is enough. Let's carry on. Galactus says, nah, motherfucker. Uh, you're going to do what I say. You're my bitch, and I'm hungry. And Thor says, you know what? Despite the fact that since I've become king and my hammer's heavy, I'm going to still throw it through you and uh, really just fuck you up several times and let you know that despite... The fact that you've made me, I'm going to use everything I am, and the fact that I am a god, motherfucker, and I'm, I'm just going to fuck you up for a bit. I'm going to maybe take off an arm, uh, take a good hunk out of your out of your leg there. Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe even a little wah through the back coming at you via Mjolnir. So Galactus, he's, he's fucked up, but at the same time, he's still capable. Still capable, but as he's as Thor is fighting for the 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 sake of these the people of Clips, uh, he's and really seemingly winning. He becomes overrun by the people of Clips because they are very aggressive and they say, "Who is this electric motherfucker just coming all up in here in our special super powered planet?" And they, it's like a Walking Dead type of situation, but. In order to, he he doesn't want to hurt him, and he even says like, "How the fuck can I save you if I kill you? You don't make me fight you." So he allows himself to become overcome. Well, he's not trying to, but he's he's not fighting back. So what he does to to save the situation is he calls to Lady Sif, who is now the uh, the the one that's going to send the Bifrost, the the new Heimdall, I guess, if you will. 
sends the Rainbow Bridge, boom, transports all the people of Clips to Asgard, where they are now, uh, I mean, allowed to be citizens of Asgard, which I, I find that to be pretty noble, not, not just Thor, mostly Thor, but as the Asgardians as well. And uh, the, the, the Asgardians, they clued in on all this via the talking ravens that uh, Thor is able to communicate through. And now at this point, it's up to, uh, now that all the people are gone, Thor says, all right, Galactus, you hungry? Eat. Let's do this. We've got four more planets, and Galactus eats, and immediately he, Thor's like, oh, shit. Just that one planet? Like, this, this guy's power level 9,000 plus for sure. And boom. Uh, we see that's a threat, obviously. And the first person to acknowledge this massive threat is Beta Ray Bill. And we realize that when he comes hauling ass and this giant goddamn fucking cannon just starts blasting the fuck out of Galactus. And he's, he kind of gives, he pleads with Thor for a minute and says, look, dude, I don't want to go through you, but I will. We can't be having this. Y'all are playing with fire. And by the way, um, you know how cool it is that I'm Beta Ray Bill? Because so <laughs> everybody loves Beta Ray Bill, right? Oh, man. You know what, Donny Cates? Donny Cates, I'm, I'm proud. I'm so fucking proud of this. Uh, I know that there's not everybody dug this uh, the, the the first issue, but uh, I I was kind of on the fence. I thought, okay, how how hard is he gonna play into his own stuff, all of his new cosmic creators and your creations and characters and stuff. But after this, yeah, I I guess the only gripe that I might have at this point is uh, Galactus is kind of going down. A little easy, but to be fair, he is—he did arrive in a weakened state too, so I'm sure that plays into something as well. I mean, Donny Cates isn't stupid. I mean, he means something. It's just weird to see—it's weird to see Galactus so vulnerable. And, uh, carrying on, Avengers, Avengers number thirty. Uh, once again, we're gonna have a, a first appearance here, like I mentioned a minute ago. Don't mind the page flipping here. Uh, Avengers number 30, Legacy 730. We got Jason Aaron, Ed McGinnis, Francesco Mana, uh, Mark Morales, and Jason Keith. Covered by Miko Suyon and Rain Burrito. Uh, Alright, so the star brand has been bonded to a pregnant lady, and Gladiator, he finds that shit to be threatening. So kill the pregnant lady. Pregnant lady says, uh uh. Uh, I'm gonna fight you, and then in the the process of her fighting, while uh, very ready to give birth, she gives that their birth, and <laughs> um, the Avengers are there to to protect this woman. Even Terax is there, but he, to you know he finds this woman to be a threat. He doesn't want this shit to happen at all either. So it's it's really Gladiator versus Terax versus the Ave uh, Avengers. And, uh, yeah, I'm really in this pregnant woman that's wearing, or, yeah, wielding the star brand in the middle of it all. So, uh, this woman, she goes by the name of Suzanne Shelby. Who is she? She's just some chick from Kansas. And the star brand just so happened to choose her, as it does. It, it has its own way. I don't know. 
fucking comics, am I right? So Suzanne Shelby, she gets the star brand, and you know, it's, she's fucking like I said, a threat. Now she's out in space. Uh, she was actually a prisoner of the, or the reason she got out in space was because the the Shi'ar came down and found her and picked her up from Kansas and imprisoned her, and yeah, well, yeah, she was able to get out, and, you know. Uh, now, so, the uh, she gives the birth, and as soon as the baby's born, uh, she, Suzanne dies, so I hope you didn't really fall in love with, talk, or, yeah, <laughs> with her, because <laughs> uh, she did. But this baby, this baby is very much alive, and the birth of this baby actually causes Gladiator and Terox both to kind of, like, wipe their hands. Like, I'm out of here. Fuck this. I ain't killing no babies. But keep in mind, that little motherfucker is the most dangerous thing in the galaxy. So, mm, good luck babysitting that Avengers. We're going to be on this end of the, the, the solar system, so peace. Well, and uh, Avengers bring home this this baby right here on planet Earth. Uh, not in, I don't, I don't think, are they in America? No, they're in Antarctica, I believe. Are they in, a, I think they're in Antarctica. There's, I don't know, there's in somewhere super fucking cold. That's where the new Avengers base is, but yeah, I don't know, we got this baby. We got this baby. Whew. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely gonna mean something for sure. This was kind of a fillery issue, but at the same time still had a pretty great payoff. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I was on the fence with this arc in the beginning. and <laughs> I'm so glad I stay true to my, my faith in Jason Aaron because that dude doesn't let me down. X-Force number six. We got a couple of mutant books to talk about. X-Force number six, Benjamin Percy, Stefan Segovia, and... I'm sorry, Steven Segovia, and Guru Effects on the colors. Dustin Weaver and Edgar Delgado doing the cover. All right, so... Mm, uh, before I get into this, I'm going to kind of preface this by saying... I don't know why I always say that wrong that word wrong the first time every time. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying uh, I, for a lot of this I was kind of lost but from what I gathered out of this for those of you that you know just need to be filled on on what the fuck maybe you missed it I don't know uh, so we've got the, the Terra Verde and they're oh, oh sorry President Terra Verde He's, he's he was against Krakoa but now he's there to sign a treaty for Krakoa and yeah um, I'm sorry, as President Kokom of Terra Verde. Terra Verde is the, the nation. So that's what I thought the first time. Sorry, I was fucking, yeah. Um, so yeah, Kokom, he's, he's doing his little, uh, I'm going to sign the treaty ceremony, and then there seems to be this weird mutant assassination attempt on him, and he's like, you know what, never mind, I'm not going to do this again. And then he finds out the you know, his son's been kidnapped, and... Uh, then he realizes that his son was the one that kidnapped himself, and the whole point of that was to manipulate his father to get him to kind of sway the way he wanted to, and that would be to not sign the treaty. And, yeah. Well, then the X-Force come in, because this is, in fact, an X-Force book. The X-Force come in, they capture that little bratty motherfucker, and they got him in the hospital bed and everything, and, you know, Cockum, Cockum, whatever, uh, Cockum, 
<laughs> he realizes that, all right, I'm going to get a little shitty son, and I'll sign your treaty, because, you know, I'm sure this is, uh, it's not going to be pretty if I don't. And, yeah, and then the thing that confuses me again is we see the son laying in bed, and his face gets all melty, and then the meltiness turns into goopy, and the goopy goes out the hospital window, and, the, and then it reforms into be a green person outside of the hospital. Um, I don't know what that thing is. I'm very confused. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's, uh, um, there's, there's definitely going to be more. This is, it's not going to stop at six. So, uh, this, this actually still has been my favorite of all the X titles. It's just this one, is this the first time it's taken a dip a little bit, at least in my eyes. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I just missed something vital that threw me off. Well, I'm not sure, but mm, yeah, there you have it. Uh, last, wow, here we are. The last uh, overview of the week goes to X-Men number five, Jonathan Hickman, R.B. Silva, and Marte Garcia, covered by Lionel Francis Hugh and Sonny Go. So, um, what's going on here is the X-Men, they're tracking the, the Safarina. Now, the Safarina is the, this deadly superpower group, uh, from the, I guess they're part of the Children of the Vault, Something along those lines. Once again, this is another one of those situations where I was kind of um, blurry on a lot of the the details in these in the the X books this week. But yeah, but w with all that, what, what the main thing to gather here is there's this vault, and in this vault, shit is very uh, weird and crazy. But what also lies in this vault are very probably the most dangerous thing to uh, threat to mutant kind. So, and that would be the children of the vault. Their powers are super fucking nuts. So, what those powers are, I don't know. But just know that that's, that's the threat at this point in time in the X-Men universe. Uh, now, they gotta go in there to, to, to fix whatever they, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. The, the mission's in there. But the problem is that there's very few that would be able to withstand the situation. So there's three in particular that Cyclops personally picks out. Those three being Darwin, Cinch, and our beloved X-23. So uh, Darwin, he goes in because he has... Uh, I, I'm not exactly spot on on what his ability is, but it, the fact is, is whatever it is, he'll be able to, he'll be able to survive in there. Uh, Cinch goes in because he has the ability to mimic other mutants' powers, so he would also be able to mimic Darwin's ability. And X-23, just because she's the badass Wolverine that regenerates like a motherfucking beast. And uh, <laughs> keep in mind, we do get a back and forth between X-23 and Wolverine. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman. I do appreciate that. There's a very... Uh, distinguished acknowledgement as to who the Wolverine is, and that is X-23. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman. I appreciate that. So, um, yeah, the, the three, they set off into this vault, and then we flash forward, it just says sometime later, and that time being three months and five days, and unfortunately, these characters have still not been heard from. And, you know, the, the, the problem is not like Cerebro can reach in there because that's part of the magic of this here vault. And when you look into this vault, when you see, you see the vault, you realize this is 
It's not like a Scrooge McDuck vault <laughs> or a dragon's lair type of cave. This shit is quantum, like Ant-Man type of. That's what, yeah. Uh, that's that's what it looks like. So, when they translate the three months, five days, into what would roughly the amount of time passed in the vault be, it comes out to 537 years and some change. So that's kind of where you get Cyclops in the end, really just throwing up that Witcher meme. Uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> what have I done? This is bad. I tell you what, if Cyclops kills X-23, um, yeah, I'm going to be one of those guys that hates Cyclops. Because you don't, you don't kill X-23. You just don't do it. Uh, do I, do I really believe that she could be dead in there? No. No. But on a fucking curveball chance that, mm, uh, uh, oh, damn, see, I'm getting all fucking worked up already on a, something that didn't even happen yet. Don't do it, Cyclops. Don't do me like that. I want to like you, bro. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's, uh, that's the overviews. This has been some books, man. There's been some books this week, uh, but there's more. There's more to talk about. Before we get to the last half of this podcast, we're going to take a quick break, and I want you to listen to this here next wave podcast promotion while I fill up my glass of uh, water. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and like our page on Facebook, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3FatNerdsPod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122Productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds. All right. Well, we're back. My throat is um, slightly wetter. <laughs> I'm losing my voice on this on this show. I didn't know that sleep could lead uh, to to the vocal exhaustion. So carrying on. Now there's I, I talked about some overviews. We we got the uh, good hunk of what what happened in comics, but there's other books that hit shelves that I picked up too that I find very worthy of talking about. This leads me to the honorable mention segment of the podcast. These are the books that. I said I, I couldn't necessarily find the means to talk, uh, well, really give an overview of, and there there could be several occasions for that. Um, whether it be you know maybe just be collecting it to save it and read it as a story arc, or maybe it's just a key issue that I wanted to pick up. I don't know. There could be various reasons. By no means does an honorable mention book mean that I did not like it. So uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's start with some Marvel mentions. We got Deadpool the End. Uh, out of all the end books, this is the only one I picked up. Um, and to my surprise, <laughs> I don't remember adding this to my pull list. 
but I could have done it on a whim. I might have been the guy that was like, okay, well, I got to try to read one of them, and, you know, out of all the ones that should never die, it should be Deadpool. So, uh, I didn't get around to reading it. It's not really a priority of mine, per se, but I, I, I have every intention of checking it out. There is a day in between uh, recording and new comic book day, so those are usually when those opportunities spring about. Uh, Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme number two. Um, admittedly, I didn't get around to it for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I'm not sure I'm ready for a, a Doctor Strange revamp. Like, I think this could have just kept going within the same line. Uh, it's it's the same it's the same team. Well, at least it's still Mark Wade. You know, uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure this is the same team. But I don't know. It's, it's a it's a different piece to the story. Uh, it, it wound up in my pull list. I didn't drop it, so there it is. And you know, it's well. We'll see. We'll see how heavy the week is that issue three lands on, and that'll that'll really determine whether or not I keep going with the new Doctor Strange title. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I thought the first issue was just fine. It's just, I mean, Doctor Strange isn't really a character, it's a character I respect and enjoy, but not to an extent to where it's a priority character when I got a, a pull list as deep as mine is, especially in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Star Wars number two, yeah, I'm already two issues behind. I'm fucked. I'm fucked on this. I'm gonna keep going, though. I'm, I'm gonna complete a Star Wars run. I'm gonna complete one of them. I think this has got to be a volume uh, three or four now, I believe. So I'm gonna have yeah. I don't. Uh, I really should. God damn it! I need to get on this. Uh, Weapon Plus. Oh, World War Four. Uh, yeah, like I said in the speculation lottery segment. Um, I I don't. Is that is that manslaughter in the front? I mean, that's definitely a man thing. Type of ah oh, fuck, dude, that's so goddamn badass. Was man thing a goddamn weapon for pro? Ah, see, I gotta read this now. It's just oh man, man thing's my favorite. Uh, well, second favorite C-list character, and never, never forget slapstick. God, I can't wait to talk about slapstick. I can't wait for you guys to hear my excitement when I get to talk about slapstick on this podcast. Hashtag we need slapstick. Uh, New Mutants number six. Not reading New Mutants, you know, this is really the, the first of the Donna X books I dropped after the f uh, first issue, and I didn't even drop it, and sitting, as issue six is in my hand, I have all six issues, I just haven't been reading it since number one, uh, it just, uh, I don't know, I, like, like I say every time this book comes up, I feel like I already got this out of Ed Brisson and the, the Uncanny run, the Rosenberg went on with, so I, I don't know. But it, now he's in Hickman's sandbox, so I'm sure there's something different about it. It's just there's a lot of X books to read, as you will, I mean, will realize throughout this podcast. This is now the third X title I've talked about. So, yeah, um, there you go. The uh, Fallen Angels, number six, another X title. So, four X books this week. Keep in mind. I think there were zero the week before, and that's the first time there has been zero X-Books in really quite some time, to be honest, so, yeah, months, actually. Uh, Fallen Angels, 
uh, I might be falling off of. Uh, actually, I think it might be over. The, the, the final page of this says the end. So it might be done. Uh, I did read this. I just, I, I'm not sure what, what to, what I needed to take from this. And this is why I didn't, uh, become an overview. Really, the whole Apoth thing just kind of seemed to fizzle out. I was waiting for that first appearance of Apoth, and they just kind of like, oh, you know, no, he's just here, and then boom, oh no, shit, he's gone, and here's this other version of Apoth, and, uh, without he, I could not exist, and now he's gone, so peace, bitch, and... Uh, Psylocke has, uh, issues still. So, I'm not, I don't, I didn't know what to gather out of all of that. But, uh, Simon Kredansky draws good. So, boom. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. Uh, I don't want to think that I'm falling off on Conan. Because I really do enjoy the fuck out of the story. It's just, unfortunately, uh, when people ask me what's going on in the Marvel Universe... Conan's stories aren't really something that has a whole lot of play to, you know, the rest of anything that's going on. Despite the fact that he is very much in the Marvel Universe, this this Jason Aaron Conan run isn't really playing into that. Um, he's, he's in Camaria fucking shit up. Uh, has every issue I've ever read of this story, this run, been good? Uh, that's an understatement. They're, they've actually all been fantastic. So I feel like this is just something you could pick up anytime, any issue, and be all about it. I don't know. Maybe maybe he is running in arcs. I don't remember. I fuck. I don't remember the last one I read. I just know. God, they've all been so good. Uh, a mortal Hulk made an honorable mention. Uh, this book is back to confusing me. <laughs> uh, Sometimes it's just, I, I don't, I really just, flat out, I don't know what's going on in this book. Uh, there's a crazy appearance at the end, that guy you see on the cover, uh, is, he, he shows up at the end. What, what that abominable, abominable cousin it looking motherfucker is, I don't know. It seems to be godlike. What's he got on his hand there? I don't know, and some stuff. I don't, uh, see, I don't understand any of it. Uh, this one lost me, uh, and I'm 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 ashamed to say it because I was just starting to feel confident. Hey, I understand this now. <laughs> Philadelphia number three. Um, all right, so I was off and on as to whether or not I was going to read this and make it an overview, or just kind of beings that I've only overviewed two issues. Wait till we got a six issue arc and give Rodney Barnes's and Jason Sean Alexander's story a proper trade negotiation segment because this is some neato stuff, man. It is. So I, I got through halfway through issue three, and then that's when I made up my mind. And I said, you know what? I think I want to just, I, I want to binge this story because it's, it's, fuck, it's just so good. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Read Philadelphia. You won't, you won't be mad. <laughs> Ice Cream Man, Ice Cream Man number seventeen. They say it's the start of a new arc. Uh, I don't, I, mean, I don't think any of these books are tied together in any way, shape, or form. This is uh, th this book seems to actually kind of be heating up a little bit for a couple of reasons. One, 
we got an Action Comics number one uh, homage cover. That always, you know, is go any type of homage cover like that is going to spark an interest. But throughout this, this is a flat out DC Universe nod. Uh, and our main character being uh, Superman, but only Ice Cream Man. And is he good? Mm, fuck, I don't know. His morals are a little fucked, huh? Uh, we've got nods to characters like Flash and shit throughout. Uh, it's this is this is a great story. Probably not the this as far as the horror factor goes. Out of all of the Ice Cream Man comics, uh, probably the least amount. But fan service, mm, you got it. Fan service in the Ice Cream Man universe. Oh, I dig that. I dig the shit out of that. Uh, Green Lantern, Black Stars, DC Comics. Uh, you know, fuck, I really wish I can get into Lantern books. I do. I keep buying them. I do buy all the the Lantern books. You know, this is leading into Chapter 2 of Morrison's Lantern run, so they're going to, uh, I guess, reboot it. You know, DC doesn't do reboots, but I guess Grant Morrison's saying, hey, you know what, I, I want to tell this book in chapters. It's just it's gonna continue to be me and you know my, my Liam Sharp and shit. It's gonna be in Greg Olaf, so you know let's, let's let us do this our way. Hey, you know how Marvel sells a fuck ton of books by doing that? I want to sell a fuck ton of books by doing that. Uh, so I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the fact is, is no, I don't really know a goddamn thing about the Lantern Corps, unfortunately. Because Grant Morrison is interesting, and as deep as he is, he's just a little wordy for my taste. At least as you know, him writing Green Lantern. I did read like the first seven Lantern issues, something like that. Five, six, seven, somewhere in there. And finally I was just, ah, this is cool. But I don't think I could spend 45 minutes to an hour on the same book, because I have to read it three times. And that's just where I landed. But... It doesn't keep it from getting my money. <laughs> uh, Justice League Dark, kind of the same situation. I read the first, uh, I want to say, nine, ten issues, and then just finally, I think there was an arc that I fell off of, and then I just never jumped back on, but I never dropped it from my pull list either. Um, uh, I know that Justice League Dark, as far as the you know some TV or movie or some sort of rumor talk like that, Seems to be confirmed somewhere in the works, uh, an HBO Max thing maybe, I don't know. So uh, I want to continue to have Justice League dark uh, material to be able to read. I don't know, I, I, I dig this team, I think, I've, I don't know, I've really I just like Swamp Thing and uh, per Detective Chimp, that's, that's what it comes down to. So And Constantine's cool too. But when I was reading it last, Constantine was pretty fucking dead, so... Hopefully that's not the case anymore. Uh, last honorable mention of the week. I warned you, there was a bunch. Uh, Detective Comics Annual, number three. This is the goodbye to Pennyworth, really. And I didn't read it because, to be honest, uh, when a man is tired as I am, the uh, is also known to be gripped pretty hard by a uh, telling story. Uh, I, I I'm not in the mood for a cry. I'm not, and I have a feeling 
the Tomasi may have uh, if I if I were to get into this book, like I said, in the state of mind that I am in, <laughs> and that is exhausted and really a perpetual state of, uh, a, a, I don't know, tornado of emotions when it comes to great comic book storytelling. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want to get any tears on any comics, so I left it out this week. I'm gonna wait till I take a fucking nap, and then. I'm going to read Detective Comics Annual. So that wraps up the honorable mentions. Uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thick pile. Big week. What are you going to do? You know, I can't say no. If there's something that I want in comics, I get it. And I understand that there's not everybody has the means to do that. And by no means is that an easy feat for me to pull off. Why do you think I'm so fucking tired? I'm working very hard to be able to afford these comic books. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, uh, that wraps up the honorable mentions. Uh, wall books, I don't have any wall books this week. Every single book I picked up was meant to be read, uh, not not hung up. So uh, I guess we're going to skip that this week. Let's get to the, uh, the top acknowledgments. Uh, I don't want to say top picks, but these are the books that I find to, uh, you know, as far as the three aspects of uh, comic books go, um, that being A, uh, cover appeal, B, interiors, which is 50% of the storytelling, obviously, and then um, C, the story, and, and no order. I mean, all equal, all equal when it comes to what makes a comic book uh, uh, appealing. So, starting with the cover of the week, there was no wall books, so I had to I had to look through some trade dress this week, y'all. <laughs> Normally my wall books are voyagens. So, uh, when flipping through, it really only took me a once-over. Uh, I remember in my notes there was a name that stood out to me writing it, and it's just, uh, Miko Suyan knows how to draw. And Miko Suyan, if you remember, did the Avengers number 30 cover. And, whew, whew, that's a good cover. Uh, from a distance, it may seem, uh, I don't know, it, it didn't grab me from a distance at first. But when I, you know, was inspecting every cover, you know, a little bit closer as I was flipping through them, that's when I realized, oh shit. I forgot, this is Miko Suyan, just with someone else's colors, so, um, fucking, I feel ashamed, hold on, I gotta give shout out to the, the color artist on there, for show, um, <laughs> oh, and I didn't fucking write it, oh, shame on you, Brian, hold on, hold on, podcasting is, uh, oh yeah, um, nope, don't have it on there either, god damn it, my bad, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, fact is, it's an amazing cover. Will it go on the wall? No, just because of the trade dress. But if it were, ver were a virgin cover, oh, baby. <laughs> oh. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, my, my personal, uh, cover of the week. As far as my, the interiors that stood out most to me, my most recommended interiors, if I were to say, hey, uh, you want to see what fucking January 29th books did uh, visually, I would say go pick up Thor. Thor number two. Nick Klein, 
uh, was a monster on this. The 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 battle between uh, Thor and Galactus. Well, fuck, dude. It was so good. There were so many powerful panels in there. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and slide right in and say that my overall story of the week, the story that really grabbed me the most, uh, was Thor. So between Klein being the interior beast that he was and Donny Cates, really, he I'm glad he, he went in a direction that I was hoping he was going to go with Thor. And just give us something... Give us something cool, man. Just give us something cool. Give us something deep. Give us something dark. It doesn't have to be fun. Just, just give us something telling and new. And fuck, he's doing it. He did it. So um, after after two issues, I'm I might. Mm, are we gonna be talking Thor as maybe <laughs> one of Marvel's best books? We'll see. I mean. Uh, in, in my opinion, I mean, Daredevil and Venom, which Donny Cates does, right, uh, are, are, the, are the two that he's got to chase, so one of them he's chasing himself, and, I mean, and Chip Zarsky and Marco Cicchetto's Daredevil, oof, oof, sorry, I said that wrong, Cicchetto, <laughs> I say it wrong every time, uh, so yeah, that, that, that does that, that, normally this is where the podcast would end and I would start plugging stuff, but you know what, um, a little Facebook group started up here by me, the, the 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 guy that started the Cheers to Comics podcast. It is the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, and you know, I like to start discussions and conversations. That's one thing that this podcast really, I, I'm you know, I'm gonna come out and say it, it lacks a discussion, unless it's uh, a creator corner or a comic book therapy. The weekly the weekly overviews very rarely have uh, uh, another panel for me to, you know, bounce shit off of. So with that, I decided I was going to bring some sort of a conversation into the weekly episode by or via the, the, the Facebook group. So I'm going to be posing uh, some sort of comic book-related question every week, and uh, anybody that wants to join the Facebook group, feel free to drop in. Drop any, I mean, and then... Uh, get your answers out there, and with that, that gives me this segment. This is the the well the, the Facebook group discussion, and this week is the, the first question I posed was it was a simple one, and it was uh, really just what's your favorite ongoing book on the shelves right now, and for this being a new group, I'm I'm pretty happy with the responses. I kind of surprised and. Um, at the same time, even proud, uh, very proud, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with that being said, um, I, I think <sighs> one of the answers on here I could actually agree with, so <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so Cody, Cody Johnson, Cody Johnson says, uh, well, that's a hard one. I really enjoy Dr. Doom's ongoing series, and they're up to number three. I love the series because I'm a fan of Doctor Doom. Uh, you know, I picked up issue one and two. I think they're on number four now. Maybe I don't know. You could be right, Cody. It, it might it might just be number three. Um, but I I actually did drop it after number two, not because I didn't like it, but because I can't wait a year for this story. I'm gonna have to wait a year, obviously, regardless. But I don't I I don't want to. I don't want to space the reading time throughout a year, so I am going to trade weight this. I under I I am a Doctor Doom fan myself, so I I was super stoked when, 
when I saw this. I think it's Cantwell that's doing the, uh, that's writing it, and I, I find it to be, uh, it's, it's a fun story, let's put it that way. Um, Rob O'Dwyer, uh, man, Ramblin' Rob. <laughs> I know Ramblin' Rob. Uh, if you're not familiar with Ram- Ramblin' Rob, he's actually a hell of a fucking voice actor, man. Go go Google him. He's got a YouTube channel and all that. Yeah, I got you. I got you, Ramblin' Rob. I'll give you a little plug. So, Ramblin' Rob says, In regards to consistency, I have to give it to Immortal Hulk. But I have to mention Scream and Morbius. I know they're only babies in regards to Immortal Hulk. But I'm always left wanting more. So, okay, I'll take three. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like Immortal Hulk is your your definitive answer, but at the same time, it sounds like you're uh, really really into Scream and Morbius as well. You know, I'm so Scream, not my uh, not my character, just because I really don't know any of the lore of that character. Uh, I I don't yeah. I, I gotta go through and read Lethal Protector again. That's one of those those runs that I just have no recollection of, unfortunately. Um, and I'm not gonna get into why. Uh, it's yeah, I'm, head injury is the the umbrella of all that. So, <laughs> uh, but the fact is, yeah, I don't know shit about Scream. Uh, so I didn't pick up the ongoing. I did pick up issue one and I gave it a shot. I read it, but just as I suspected, I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, despite me even reading all of the absolute carnage stuff. Uh, As far as Morbius goes, I I read issue one. I enjoyed issue one very much. Uh, As far as me continuing on with it, really just the cop-out answer is I just don't have room. And uh, Ramblin' Rob, I kind of get my uh, what's going on with Morbius through your YouTube channel. So, yeah. Don't judge me. Uh, uh, Jesse Vader. Jesse Vader says, Once in future. Uh, Jesse Vader has actually made me kind of (laughs) guilty. I I went all in on five issues and then picked up the sixth issue and just kind of said, No. But (laughs) Jesse Vader says, Once in future. There has to be something said for the passing of a torch from one generation to the next with such sass and sophistication. And, you know, with that comment, it actually convinced me. I am not going to skip the final issue of Once in Future, at least the final issue of this arc. I was led to believe that it's going to continue on as an ongoing, but it's still solicited as a six-part series, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I am going to go through Jesse and read this, and um, we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm anxious to hear from you more once once I get that sixth issue digested. Uh, Sean Mullen, a longtime friend of the Cheers to Comics podcast. What's up, dude? Farmhand. Hmm. This is where that proud factor of mine comes in. This was my recommendation. Sean went out. And uh, he bought both trades just as uh, the the third arc of Farmhand was starting, and he's been reading Farmhand along along with me now. And uh, here's what Sean says about Farmhand. Uh, uh, Farmhand, duh. (laughs) Right? Uh, It's Rob Guillory, and that concept is topical and relevant, but in a fun and creative way. While everyone is freaking out about GMOs and freaking out about stem cells or lab-grown organs, Rob goes, let's combine them both into one. I, for one, welcome our plant overlords. 
and I, Sir Sean Mullen, agree. Welcome. <laughs> you know, if a transplant walked in here, um, I'd, I, you know, I'd, 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 I'd make him some soup. I'd make him some soup. Uh, I'd be a little scared, but uh, I'm not going to turn away a transplant. <laughs> it seems like they only get mad when you're a dick to them. Uh, and uh, the last comment here, I know, I know, we've got some responses here. I'm proud of this here Facebook group. Like I said, y'all got to join. Um, Michael Yakutis. Michael Yakutis says, for me is Blade Runner 2019. All right. Uh, does a great job at paying homage to the films while not relying on them for new stories. It adds a lot of cool new stuff to the universe, and the art is great. What a, f a fucking A, man. Fucking A. Uh, admittedly, I can say that I've never seen anything Blade Runner in my life. <laughs> I know. Blasphemous. Uh, it's just long movies. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, not so sci-fi. Not so sci-fi. Unless it's sci-fi horror. But, yeah. So that's that's where I land on that. I, Michael, I, I'm not going to pick up Blade Runner, but the fact that you want it's so good that you consider it to be the best book on shelves right now, fuck, man. I'm gonna, I look at it a different way, that's for sure. Definitely value my, uh, my, my, my listeners' uh, opinions. That's, that's for certain. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that does it. That does it. Once again, Facebook, man. That's this, this group is growing strong. Growing strong. Well over 100 members just, what, a couple weeks in? 10, 10 days? A couple weeks? I don't know. I've record, I record a lot of episodes in a little bit of time, so I, I forget how many times I say things. So uh, <laughs> that does it. Uh, support this podcast. It's very important. It is very important. Uh, I could use a nap for one. I could I could definitely use a day off. That would be super cool. And how do you support this podcast and get Brian a nap? Uh, that would just be by becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash cheers to comics. And through there, there are several tiers to choose from, starting as just a little, as little as a dollar. And with that tier, you're going to get access to bonus content, early releases of episodes, particularly the bonus Sunday episodes. Uh, so it's nice to get those Matthew Rosenberg, Rob Guillory, Frank Gogol, um, and so on. All of them have been, fuck, I've been uh, just so. I, I, God, the other end of this microphone has been graced with such goddamn talent so early into this show. And those episodes are available early to patrons for as little as a dollar. And there's other tiers ranking up and ranging up. And you, 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 get, your, you get your bang for your buck to the point where you could even become a part of this podcast uh, and on, a, on a whole new level. Um, and what I mean by that is maybe even hear your voice on this podcast. We'll see. We'll see. Depends on which tier you join. Um, so yeah, th there's that. But if you don't have the 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 scratch uh, to <laughs> to to throw at this podcast, I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm judging you, but I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, just fucking leave a review, man. These Apple reviews, uh, I know I'm not a super happy Apple guy myself, but you know what? For the sake of helping uh, a podcast grow, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts do a wonder for indie podcasts, man. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, leave comments. If you want, I'll, I'll read them. I'll have a whole segment, um, you know, I'll gather them all together, and one of these episodes will be like, hey, 
Look at all these badass motherfuckers that made me more discoverable on Apple, the overlord of podcasts, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, too. Any feedback is appreciated. It really is. So whether it's CastBox or uh, Podbean or any of that stuff, yes, leave fucking comments and feedback. It helps. It really does. Uh, so that, 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 that being said, um, that's, this has been a podcast, y'all. I've fucking, I'm 30 seconds away from losing my voice, I'm sure. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'd like to thank, uh, the 143 Podcast Network as always, Next Wave Radio, and, uh, that whole lovely group of indie podcasts. Uh, you could find great podcasts like Three Fat Nerds and Ocho Duro Parlay Hour and Nerdy Bitches and so many other great ones on there. Uh, so just hashtag Next Wave. Um, yeah, uh, if you could always reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, obviously, uh, Instagram, at Cheers to Comics. Easy stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, no yada here, nsclivetv.com. Uh, the seriously, so so great, so great, man. If you guys want fucking great deals on books, uh, through auctions, like uh, Hooked on Comics and uh, so many other great shows on there. Uh, yeah, uh, gotta just nsclivetv.com. They they've done uh, wonders for this podcast. So I it's. I find it to be my duty to go out of my way to make sure yeah, the, the world knows the, the greatness that is this this thing that is being created. So, yeah, uh, check them out. And that that's where I'm going to wrap it up. That's where I'm going to leave it. You slurds, read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Thank you.